should write a book, Fry. People need to know about the can eat more. I'm getting this book on UFOs. Did you know they're real? But there's a huge comic conspiracy to cover it up. Oh, that's just a paranoid fantasy. I want to be a book. You can pick me up, flip through my pages, make sure nobody drew wieners in me. Oh, and welcome to the Not Your Grandmother's Book Club podcast, where we read them so you don't have to, because our New World Order handlers told us to. My name is Kevin, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Benedict, whose last name, which we have never said on air, is actually Rothschild. Benedict! <laughs> what's your favorite part of being a globalist shill? Uh, well, I... D- d- this whole psyop, apparently, like, we're just <laughs> reviewing these crazy books... To get them into the left, so the and liberals who listen to us, and uh, and like now now we're disseminating these ideas while pretending to mock them. That's my you know favorite what? No, part. that would be a great compi- conspiracy. That would be a really great. Yeah, conspiracy no, I know. I'm if, not kidding. If all these books that we've done, and all, by like extension, all the people who wrote them were actually part of the New World Order <sighs> conspiracy, and this whole thing that we were putting together was a plot to make the right look terrible. By reading these fake right wing books and and hiding the real ones that are out mm. there that they don't want you to know about. I love yep. that conspiracy idea. Cool. I'm glad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're we're in a good place, folks. We're in, yes, a, we're we are. in a happy place. I have spent the last week um doing more watching of Alex Jones. That's not good. It's not a good place. It's not a good place <laughs> Go to Go watch be. Knowledge Fight if you want to suffer like that with us. Watch. It's a podcast, Ben. You listen. You no, listen. No, I, I watched the little time ticker move as I, as I listen. <laughs> of course you would. Uh, not... You sit in a room eating saltines. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> but, Benedict, I don't really have a uh, what I what my favorite part. I mean, I guess the, the Soros cash. Uh, yeah, that, that does it, obviously, that obviously. Uh, but, Benedict, uh, you probably know, but some of the people out there, they might not, exactly what it is we do here on this program. And then I will say, this is a show where you go deep, 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 <laughs> to plumb the depths of right-wing thought by reviewing a chapter from work of conservative nonfiction, and in between, taking a look at other examples of the right, doing their best to make America hate again. Start us off this week, Benedict. Do you have a hot take for us? I do, and <laughs> I think we might have to change the name of the podcast the more and more I think what? about it to being exactly your grandmother's book club because you know (laughs) all the old conservative women did you hear from granny this week (laughs) no not at all i just think i'm sorry grams isn't that what you call them grams yeah yeah, granny granny Um, oh we need to start a social media product called grams just for grandmothers um post pictures of their cats and their grandchildren I think grandmas are potentially the most likely demographic to read uh, the books that we read. Mm. So maybe it is your grandmother's book club. I don't know. I don't know about that because I was pleasantly surprised with my grandmother, the one who is still alive, uh, when she, you know, and I don't know why. I think it's because she doesn't have Fox News brain because she's not a news watcher. Uh, or that when she does, she goes to like things she remembers from when she was younger, like the the big three networks, ABC, NBC, gotcha. and those. Um, that she is not uh, a far right crypto fascist, whereas my parents are. 
Okay. Uh, so I don't know. I think he might be maybe missing the, the point a little bit there. Okay, maybe the Boomer Book Club then. Something like that. Yeah. Right? Just, yeah. Oh, man. We should have thought yeah, of I that. Know. I know. That would have been a much better name for the I show. I know. Wow. Why didn't you come up I with should... that uh, two years ago <laughs> now at this I don't point? Know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't, think, I don't think I had reflected on Boomers in the same way uh-huh. as, yeah, uh-huh. I don't know, whatever. Anyway, so we're changing we, the name. We, of the we created the show before the OK Boomer meme. We did, yeah, yeah. We did, yeah. We did, we did. Anyway, the Boomer Book Club, henceforth. There you go. The nickname can, right. can and yeah, and then our I'll fans get to work can, on changing our fans over, uh... can call themselves Boomer. I don't know something like whatever. Oh God, that would make our our Twitter handle BBC. Uh... <laughs> oh man, maybe then someone could retweet us, thinking it's real news. That would be incredible. Oh, you went in a different direction with that than I did, my friend. Oh no, uh... that's because I'm. <laughs> What are you talking about? What do you mean? What else does it mean? Don't I'm worry. Kidding. About Don't it. say. <laughs> What's your hot take? Uh, my hot take. <laughs> my hot take this week, Benedict, is just that we're doomed. Uh, midterms okay. are like fifty something days away. Uh, I am in that that uh, fear spiral uh, of the Republicans. Yeah, yeah, the Republicans taking power again and uh, instituting, uh, you know, the fascism they really want. So, you know, that's scary to me. Uh, That'll probably happen. And then, uh, you know, whatever. They'll probably impeach Biden first and and nothing will happen in the Senate. But, you know, they'll do it just for show and it'll be a, a, a big joke. Uh, People because love politics that shit, are yeah. ha, politics ha, ha, are yeah. our, politics as much as we try to pretend them uh, pretend they are serious are really just a bunch of weirdos doing weird things all the did time. Did you see Ben Shapiro so getting politics. mad at AOC being on the cover of GQ this week? Yes, I did. Yes, and I then, did. And then everyone he was like conservative and po- uh, not conservative. Sorry, celebrity and politician has completely merged now <laughs> under the Democrats. <laughs> and then all the replies were like Ronald Reagan, Arnold Schwarzenegger, like yeah. what's his name, Charlton Heston. Trump. <laughs> yeah, fuck off. Like, I don't know. I think that's that's the uh, that's the issue that's going to win the midterms for the Republicans is uh, sure. AOC on the the cover of a magazine. I think for that's sure. really going to be the one. Uh, why don't we move on this week, Benedict? Though to housekeeping, I'm trying to speed mm-hmm. it through because we have a lot to go over this week. We do, yeah. Uh, okay. Rate and review us on the iTunes and all the other places where you can leave stars and or bars. I don't know melons. Uh, I- <laughs> <laughs> whatever rating system they have, that Confederate podcast player that we're on uh, that has the stars sure, and bars yeah. rating system. Uh, follow us on the social medias at NYGBC Pod on Twitter and at NYGBC Ben. Uh, two short updates this week. One is that Nick Fuentes, who we talked about obviously on last week's show, uh, I mentioned on there that he was the sort who was, you know, Trump's not the future, the party doesn't matter, blah, blah, blah. Uh, he just it recently actually said, uh, quote, I'm either voting for Trump 24 or I'm not voting. Okay. Uh, saying he would spoil it for Republicans if they get DeSantis, which is a turnaround from things he said in the past. So just in case anyone ran across that, I wanted to point out that I was correct until he said that. Cool. <laughs> don't, don't, don't expect uh, Nazis to be consistent on their ideas. No. Uh, and second, uh, we have, and I have, not Benedict, it's just me, let's be honest, uh, made a $50 donation uh, to Scarlett Lewis's Choose Love uh, Foundation uh, in recompense for paying about $50 for the two books that we had to purchase to do the Alex Jones Great Reset. Mm. Um you know, it still feels bad to give him money, even though I hope that most of it's going to end up in the hands of the plaintiffs in his lawsuits eventually. Anyways, oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, he's uh, <laughs> $50 further away from bankruptcy. Yeah, but it's possible some of it goes to one of his shitball lawyers, you know. Yeah. Uh, but 
I just wanted to put out there that anyone else who decides to make a donation to that organization, in any amount, uh, we will, of course, induct you into the Spooky World New World Order. That obviously goes for any charity that I find worthwhile that somebody makes a, a donation to, if you just send me some sort of proof or tell me or whatever. Uh, but I wanted to highlight that this week because of the context of who we're about to start reviewing uh, and everything that's gone on <laughs> regarding Alex Jones. But, Benedict, final thing this week, inductee. Mm. Into the spooky world, new world order. That uh, we have won this week, and uh, to be honest, that's because I was very bad at keeping track over the last week of people who were on social media. I've had a very busy week, yep. but uh, I wanted to give the induction this week to Left Coast Right Watch, uh, who is a great anti-fascist media outlet. Follows the the crypto fascist right, uh, mainly in the West, obviously mm-hmm. left coast, uh, but. If you ever go over to our website, nygbcpod.com, and see that uh, I put, uh, you know, different pictures up for the episodes than uh, go out on the regular feed. It's always just our show logo on the regular podcast feed that goes in your phone. But I pick, sometimes, interesting pictures. And I got one uh, from Left Coast Right Watch uh, last week for that episode, and I reached out to them, and they were very nice and allowed us to use it. So I wanted to give them the credit. And also, it's one of those websites that I have pinned uh, to my bookmarks bar and go to from time to time because obviously I follow crypto fascists in an unhealthy obsession. Mm-hmm. But Left Coast Right Watch, you are now part of our New World Spooky World Order. And they also have a podcast. You can check them out. They're great. Check out Left Coast Right Watch. Anyways. If you want to join the Spooky World New World Order, of course you can, by tweeting or posting about the show on social media, recommending it to others, and sending me a screenshot or tagging us in it. Leaving us a five-star review wherever you can, drop me a screenshot to let me know, make a donation to a worthwhile charity, become a patron, or just get my attention with something good. And with all that out of the way, Benedict, we begin our, I mean, we're not doing the book this week, but we we begin the review, I guess, of The Great Reset by Alex Jones. Benedict, we didn't read anything this week. We didn't. (laughs) (laughs) But this week, uh, and I think we mentioned this before, this is our introduction episode to Alex Jones. And uh, maybe I should have timed things better so that when I did the Lunatic Fringe series episode on Alex Jones, maybe I could have just had that serve as one and the same. We didn't know that we were doing this at the time. That is true. We didn't know. We didn't know, although I I might have had an inkling at the time. No, Uh, we thought we we were doing Tucker at the time, but then Tucker's books books are boring. Uh, But first, I have to give full credit to Knowledge Fight, once again, for the majority of my personal knowledge about Alex Jones. Uh, and I'm doing it up front here to avoid me every five minutes on the next, you know, six months of episodes saying, oh, yeah, I know this because of Knowledge Fight. Uh, <laughs> so I don't want to do that because that would become repetitive. So I want to give a blanket up here at the beginning. Most of what I knew about Alex Jones is because of Knowledge Fight. I've done okay. some research on my own. I've watched his videos. But they have... 700 some episodes on him that I've listened to every single one uh, and certainly the majority of my knowledge is is through them through the work that they've done and they are outstanding you should definitely check them out if you're interested in our show but uh, you know I will drop a link to their their uh, podcast in the show notes for this episode but I just want to give them the overall credit on that so when I was sitting down to write my outline for this episode, uh, I went back and listened to the previous episode, the Lunatic Fringe episode we did about Alex, mm-hmm. uh, and one of the things that I noticed um, was that it comes off as super pretentious when I read a long John Paul Sartre passage uh, in that episode, <laughs> and for that I apologize. It's not pretentious if you're not pretending. <laughs> 
Is that the new cult is just short for culture? No, that's uh, that's something that I heard someone say at Oxford when I was there, and I've literally I've never forgotten those words. Oh, did he say that while playing croquet? That was is something that... like that, yeah. <laughs> uh, and the other thing, one of the other things, is that we spent an inordinate amount of time on Bill Cooper. For an really episode, a long time. Yeah. Let's say, let's jokes. change that. Let change that episode to a Bill Cooper episode. I would say. I mean, we spend like thirty-five minutes on Bill Cooper or something like that. I would um, say, yeah. Which I, I think it's very maybe important. know more about Bill Cooper than I do about Alex Jones, which is. I, I think Bill Cooper is very important in Alex Jones's history and in the history of conspiracy, and he's going to come back up again in the future when we do militia talk and stuff like that. Hmm. Uh, but I also noticed another great defect in that episode, uh, which was. A gigantic lack of clips of Alex Jones speaking. Okay, so that's uh, what we're I doing think, today. Yeah, I, I think most people with any familiarity will agree the real highlight of any discussion of Alex Jones is the insane words that come out of his mouth. So to those ends, mm-hmm. uh, since we covered the basics of him pretty well in that episode, I organized today's episode as a sort of clip show. Uh, using a bunch of clips of Alex as as jumping off points to talk about some of the finer details of the man's career. Okay. Um, so, and today... Uh, like I said, I will I will link to the previous episode in the show notes if you want to go back and listen to that if you haven't already. But just to begin, you know, Alex is a chaos agent and mm-hmm. a right wing hack and very little more than that. Uh, and I've often said that he is my heuristic for total bullshit. And I think a lot of a lot of people today in right wing media recognize that he's closer to the mainstream center of their party or their their group and are intentionally using him to attract those people, those people susceptible to his ideas. So I want to spend some time, and that makes him appear more mainstream than he is. Mm. More mainstream than he should be, I I should say. So I want to spend some time dealing with those people and also looking back on, you know, why and how he's complete bullshit. And Mm -hmm. Alex is an entirely different creature now than when he began broadcasting back in the mid-90s. And I want to call out here that I think at one point, Alex might have actually had principles. They were bad principles. It's interesting. I can't remember where I heard it, but, like, someone someone said once, and it really made me think of, like, what if someone had just, like, given Alex... Alex Jones a chance as, like, a WWE announcer? Oh, God, he would have loved it. He would have loved it. And he would have been great. He would have been a, one no, of the all-time he would have been great. Greats. He's really, yeah, he's an entertainer. He would have been an incredible WWE announcer. Yep, yep. And the world would be very different today. <laughs> so that's another thing that's fucking Vince McMahon's fault. Uh, so, you know, these were bad principles and not so strongly held. But the perception I get from his earlier work is that at one point, he was far less of a jelly-spined chameleon than he is now. So mm. to begin... Why don't we take a look at one of those early days with a clip from one of Alex's earliest documentaries, heavy air quotes, Police State 2000, which was released in 1999. And this one, it's on archive.org, and it's a bad player. It's very slow. So give me a minute here. I'm going to edit out this, obviously, but it's just painful to try and get this thing to work properly. I need to download an actual copy of it so it's faster. One of the great tragedies, actually, of his YouTube channel being wiped off the map is that this is all hard that, to find clips of them. Well, a everything from his YouTube channel would have been searchable. It would have been Google indexed. It would have been, it would have made research on him so much easier. Um, it's not so easy with a lot of the other stuff anymore. He has a website called Band.Video, which is atrocious <laughs> for searching. Like, if you search even the specific title of a video. Uh, you just won't, it, it, it won't come up. It'll just give you, like, stuff from two days ago. 
and it's bullshit. This is bullshit. Love a little O Fortuna okay. to open things up. There you go. All right. So I did not intend to play the opening, but yes, the opening is the entire song. The entire. I mean, I'm I, I I'm sure that piece goes on much longer, but it's like the part everyone knows from that whatever that what, what is, O Fortuna is that what you called it? O O Fortuna. Okay, yeah, I, don't, like... I don't know anything about symphonies or whatever, uh, <laughs> but it's just like all the way through that ba 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 ba, like the exciting ending part of that. Uh, is yeah. like the whole of his intro with a bunch of clips being played over it. And, yeah, uh, it's let, the song from The Omen, right? It's the, that's what they use it for. I it's the that one. Here, let me just play a little bit more of it for you. Yeah. Oh no, it's not The Omen. Okay. And there's like video of police breaking windows and like SWAT teams doing stuff. Yeah, yeah, that's it. You got it right. You yeah. knew what you were talking about. <laughs> yeah, it's not from the Omen, but it's it's similar. The one from the Omen is similar. Well, it's like uh, I, o, Fort, o Fortuna is used in so many things. Like, oh, yeah, any, like anytime I, there's like yeah. ominous, ominous. Yeah, all over the place. So let's get to the point where I actually wanted to start, which should be right about here. Yeah, we're a little bit before, but I don't have quite the fine tuning ability with this player. No, there, so let's just start here. <laughs> There's just helicopters. There's just night footage sure. of helicopters. And then a nuclear bomb going off. Oh, cool. Yeah. All right. Awesome. Sounds good. We interrupt our program to bring you a special broadcast. The German news agency... We interrupt this program to bring you a news bulletin from Washington. Special report, verdict sparks violence. National Guard troops are standing by, ready to patrol the streets of Los Angeles, rocked by widespread violence. So I want to highlight right off the bat, you you obviously, you never get to see the videos when I play them no. because of how I have the setup uh, uh, set up. But that was, especially for the time, for 1999, that was a very exciting and interesting intro to a video and i think the okay. music helped to highlight that and then i mm -hmm. think going straight from the music into the you know we interrupt your news bulletin type stuff i think that was just it was it was well done it's a well done video okay that portion of it is sure uh, once we get... alex jones comes in and here's alex jones right now my name is alex jones i'm a radio cool. and television host in austin texas and for many years, I've been exposing the criminal activities of the global elite, otherwise known as the New World Order. These folks don't make their money out of the production of goods and services or hey, via creativity. That. They make their money and sorry, stock can you not pause slavery, it? Control of populations. Yeah, his voice really doesn't hit the same at this no. at this point. It like it, it lacks a certain. Well, uh, he's much younger. He's yeah, also yeah, yeah. much thinner. <laughs> 
he's okay. much thinner than he's he is good, It hasn't got that opera singer resonance from I mean, being all. all and here's here's a weird thing about young Alex. He looks so much like a cousin of mine. It's scary. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, my, he looks just like the older of one of my cousins, and it mm-hmm. it freaks me out when I watch young him talking, even though the voice <laughs> is different. Uh, but he he, it's just one of those weird things. It's specific just to me. <laughs> it's yeah. just something that weirds me out a bunch. But you heard him there say that they don't make their money from goods or services or other stuff. And uh, not, <laughs> that's not true anymore. You know, man, that also, for me, is a direct track back to the old anti-Semitic roots of conspiracy. Uh, you know, f- how many uh, hundreds of years have people been talking about the Jews making their money through, you know, uh, not, not productive means, right? Usury and other stuff. That's just, mm-hmm. I hear classic anti-Semitism in that. In the next two hours, you will see hardcore documentation, evidence that is irrefutable that America is turning into a nightmarish police state, cameras on the street corners, mass checkpoints on our major interstate highways, warrantless searches. But worst of all, you'll see America's military being perverted, being turned into an instrument of control, not an instrument of defense. I have footage, you're going to see it, of Marines engaging in mock gun confiscations, kicking in doors, setting up concentration camps, and working with foreign troops from China, Russia, Britain, Australia. It's incredible, my friends, and you've got to face up to it. I've got to face up to it, and we've got to take action. But perhaps worst of all is the Delta Force, Army Special Operations what? from Excuse Fort Bragg, North Carolina. <laughs> <laughs> so right. you can see much more of a militia connection back in these early days, right? Yeah. He's talking about the same stuffs that the militia were talking about, that the, the sovereign mm-hmm. citizen movements were screaming about. And I'll tell you right now, we're not going to get into it today, but the first, I think it's like 45 minutes of this documentary, which is two hours long, is him at a checkpoint on a highway yelling at cops. It's okay. just and people just being annoyed with him and putting up with him. Just people being like, "All right, cool, man." <laughs> That's what like 45 minutes of this is. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. And I'll All tell right. you right now, Benedict. I told I texted you the other day and I said, "Well, I have another idea." For what we're going to do on the oh, Patreon no. episodes after we finish up our current review of the conscience of a conservative. Is it this? Is this it? I'm going to pitch to you right here live on the air that we do that movie in its entirety the same way that we did Glenn Beck's Boogie, or as I titled it, Glenn Beck's Boogeyman. But I think it was called uh, Puppet Master for Glenn Beck. I am proposing okay. to you that we do this documentary in exactly that same way. Okay, maybe. We'll see. <laughs> I'm not sitting through it like I did with Dummy Kratz. Like, that, that was too long. We, no, we won't do it in one time. piece. We will break okay. it up into sections. We will break it okay. up into sections. Okay, we'll, well see. Let's hear a little bit more of what Alex has to say here. North Carolina slamming into South Texas towns during Operation Last Dance. Buildings ablaze, power lines down, live fire exercises. The citizenry terrorized. Again, this isn't some foreign country. This is America psychological warfare against the population 
Why right. are armored personnel carriers being delivered every week to small towns and big cities? Not for the military, but for police. Why is the military training with our police? And what's happening? Look, these are My all friends, good questions, Alex Jones. You know, and that's one of those things where I was going to point out when we finished the clip, but Alex talks about some legitimate issues here, right? Yeah. Militarization of the police. I think it becomes clear as we look at the scope of his career, he's not concerned he about militarization of the police. about that. He has either stopped caring or he never really was concerned about it just on principle of police shouldn't be militarized. He was concerned about it because he thought, well, they're going to come after me and my friends. Yeah. You know, it, it really only matters when it's directed at him. For the Republic. The enemy is not our police and it's not our military. It is those that would pervert and twist the sacred oath that our peace officers and military folks have sworn to uphold. That is to defend our country from enemies foreign and domestic. It's up to you. This whole criminal system, this whole undertaking that we see unfolding before our eyes is done through ignorance. It's up to you to educate the cop that lives next door to you or to talk to your friend who's a captain or a colonel or a general or a private in the United States military. None of Alex Jones's followers know a general in the U.S. military. <laughs> no. Alex Jones doesn't know a general in the U.S. military. No, he pretends he does. He very Well... Actually, and he probably does now. He has had former generals on his show who are certified yeah. crazy people. Um, That's always you... worrying. Whenever people that were in the military <laughs> just end up being absolute, like Michael Flynn, the fact yeah. that he yep. was a general really freaks me out as yep. much as anything else. And it should. It really yeah. should. Uh, but do That's, you remember? Yeah. Did you see the movie The Men Who Stare at Goats or read the book? No. Uh, so there is a general because that that book is based on a real story. Uh, and the movie is as well. There's a general in there who tries to run through a wall because he believes that he can, you know, get his mind to get him to uh, transport through the wall or something. How does uh, that go? Well, eventually he ended up on the Alex Jones show. So cool. <laughs> that's about how it went because that's a real guy who really did that. And he ended up on the Alex Jones show talking. Presumably because he gave himself brain damage <laughs> trying to run through a wall. It's a very funny scene in the movie if you want to go watch it. It's up to you to educate them about what's happening and refresh their memory about history. We are repeating what happened in 1933 Germany. No, that's critical race theory, My Alex. Friends, you can't do that. It's up to you. In the next two hours, again, you're going to see the documentation. It's irrefutable. And I challenge you to research oh, it's very much the information refutable. you'll see borne out in this documentary. Here are just a few of the scenes you'll see in the next two hours. So sit back and educate yourselves about what's happening to our nation. As I said, it is a battle for the Republic. How you doing, sir? So this, just this last little bit we're gonna hear here is Alex at like, sort of barracks or something, and he's just talking to a guy walking up the hill wearing military fatigues and some sort of hat. Having a good time? Yes. How's it going over at the camp? Oh, fairly well. The guys are in a bit of uh, exercises now. Um, they do fairly well. So the camp camp situation is going good with the uh, disarmament and things? Oh, yeah. Because we saw them over there disarming people. Is that what the exercise is? Yeah, exercise now, yeah. Fantastic. That's Where are you from, sir? Well, Holland. Oh, okay. One of the best Marines. Fantastic. So... <laughs> 
Jesus Christ. So obviously it seems to me there was some sort of like joint military training exercise going on. Yeah. And uh, Alex found a guy who doesn't speak perfect English who just sort of, you know, nodded his way through. Saying. Yeah, man, uh, sure, man. Yeah, he's going, he's going well. I think he said he's from Holland. I yeah. can't do a Holland accent. Uh, I would just say tulips a lot. Uh, yeah. But <laughs> this guy is just like treating Alex in good faith because he has no reason not to. He's just, you know, uh, the, the camps. Yeah, the com- it's good. It's good. Yeah, yeah. Are you taking take away the guns? Is that the operation? Yeah, the operation's good. Uh, yeah, just- it's all good. Yeah, no, it's, uh, it's we're very pleased with how it's going, and uh, <laughs> it's, uh, it's an operation. You're doing your, the- your Dr. Evil now. <laughs> yeah. No, that's how the Dutch sound. That's how the, okay. the Dr. Evil is actually Dutch. I forgot you went on vacation there. Oh, I did, God. yeah. That's how the Dutch sound. <laughs> but, I mean, that's a bit of a peek into Alex's modus operandi, right? Mm-hmm. Taking... People, A, I could say that's completely out of context. B, it's obviously someone who's not directly, you know, aware of what Alex really means with these questions. And then taking them, you know, oh, he said yes! He said yes! He said yes to my crazy bullshit! And then Uh twisting it in, you know, it's a part of the plan to take the guns and enslave everyone, right? Um, And that's, you know, when your whole grift um, is opportunistically jumping onto... Uh, literal interpretations and every misspeaking that happens on everything mm-hmm. ever and saying it leads to a global police state. You know, everything looks like a nail or however the saying goes. Uh, so why don't we look just a bit later at a movie he put out in the year 2000? And this one, Benedict, is titled America, Wake Up or Waco. Wow. Brilliant what, what, what you were trying to say is when every instrument, when the only instrument you have is a hammer, everything looks like a nail. That was your... I knew what it was, but I was just sort of being artistic Lazy. and just saying the last part of it. Yes, that, yes, Benedict, I understood what I was doing. Uh, but America, Wake Up or Waco, I got to give credit for that title. That's great. That's great. But here he is. This is about uh, five and a half minutes in, and he is... There's some, like, local official of some kind at the Waco site... And Alex is there, and he's going to talk. By the way, Waco happened in 1993, just for reference for people who don't know. And this movie came out in yeah. the year 2000. Okay. You didn't come out in the trial. You're some kind of provocateur. In fact, you're one of those FBI agents, aren't you? One of those FBI. If you ask him, he has to tell you. <laughs> but did you hear that? That's this guy is being interviewed by news organizations, and Alex is just walking up and yelling. And just the camera guy is like, "Hey, we're in the middle of one of our interviews right now. Could you just like wait, buddy?" Yeah. <laughs> Don't give a damn. Oh yeah, you're not gonna do anything to me. These people are murderers. These people are murderers. I'm sick and tired of hearing your lies when you machine gunned a bunch of men, women, and children. You got a big problem, buddy. So just, again, for context, and and we are going to be talking about Waco next week. Uh, We're doing our first episode in our little militia miniseries in the Lunatic Fringe series. So we're going to talk about Waco, Ruby Ridge, and Oklahoma City. Uh, But one of the conspiracies surrounding Waco is that they machine-gunned people who were trying to run out the back door of the Branch Davidian Mm. compound. That's one of the conspiracy theories, and there's no truth to that whatsoever. You sit over here. I'm not afraid of you guys. I'm a law-abiding citizen, and I'm sick of it. You sit over here, and you talk about how the children huddle in the corner and how the ammunition that they had is what killed them, all the rest of your garbage. You ought to be ashamed of yourself. 
Sorry, when when is Alex? I know you said this came out in 2000, but when is Alex yelling at these people? I mean, I would assume this was earlier the year in the year 2000. I don't know exactly okay. what. So this date is like this seven out. years after Waco. That yeah, he's like yeah. This and there's okay, just okay. like some local official. I think it had something to do with like they had like bulldozed the site and were doing okay. stuff to the site and something. So he's out there to give an interview. But now Alex is out yelling at him. You, you have no calm aplomb. It's false, my friend. Let me tell you, a lot of people are writing down your names. You can follow people around. You can. And on the screen, on the screen, over the guy that he's yelling at, they just put mm-hmm. the words FBI agent. Right. <laughs> Harass people. You can back up your bankster buddies. But a revolution of peaceful information is coming. And when it comes time, you people are going to be brought to punishment. You understand? Just like Nuremberg. Just oh, okay. It, yeah, and, and he spliced in video of one of the soldiers being sentenced at Nuremberg doing like a weird like anxiety twitch thing. Uh, so that's he, he goes all the way. He goes all the way. Yeah, oh, you've assessed you. Listen, you can sit there and say some kind of little joke. All your textbook garbage, my friend. I got people like General Parton, ex-head of Air Force Weapons Development. We know the federal government destroyed Oklahoma. It's proven. We know what you guys are engaged in. Sorry, is that the Oklahoma City bombing? Yes, yes, and he did show an aerial shot of the Murrah building after the bombing. uh, Great. When he said that. And and now uh, photos of Nazis marching is what's playing on the screen. Cool. Completely unironically, presumably, given... Alex, like, this is too many acronyms. I'm sorry. A smiley face slime ball that sits here in soft pedals and tries to placate the media. Waco rules of engagement shows your agents machine gunning men, women, and children as they tried to exit. One of the inventors of flare technology worth hundreds of millions of dollars is on that documentary. He is of the establishment. Did you hear what I said? No. Yeah, but we don't need this type of placating. Somebody coming in and saying, oh, I'm so sorry that we did this. We don't need that. We need indictments. Then you need to go and you need to call for indictments of Janet Reno. Are you calling for an indictment of Janet Reno? Who is he with? Herman is someone else yelling that we need indictments too? Oh, you're not calling for Herman Goering and Drag. What about people around the sanctuary this place? Yeah. So he's just there. He's got a cameraman, obviously. Yeah, uh, yeah. And I forget the name of his cameraman. He had a guy who worked for him for a long time, like 10, 15 years, as his like camera guy. Um, uh, but I think he is left now. I think he's no longer uh, with him. It might. It's not Rob Jacobson. Uh, Rob Jacobson, Jacobson was not there that long. I can't remember the name of this guy. But there's like you know a group of news people there who were interviewing mm-hmm. this guy and just being annoyed by Alex. But Oh boy, there was a lot in that, wasn't there? A lot there, yes. There was a lot. A lot. Uh, so, you know, I, I one of the things I wanted to highlight with that clip is not only, you know, if not membership in the militia community, Alex's embrace and relationship with it. Uh, and like I said, we're going to talk about Ruby Ridge, Waco, and OKC next week. Um, mm. And according to interviews that Alex has done, it was Waco that got him to wake up and sort of led him to start doing his show. Uh, and in mm. fact, fun fact... Uh, Waco, the Branch Davidian compound, is where Alex met John Ronson in 1998. Oh, okay. Because Ronson went out there with his film crew for a BBC show he was doing, and while he was writing his book, Them, uh, with Randy Weaver, who is the the primary individual of the Ruby Ridge incident. Mm. Um, and uh, they got there, and I'm just remembering off the top of my head from the book, they got there, and Randy was like, that's Alex Jones over there. 
and that got John all excited. So he met Alex and went to see him record his show and all this stuff. And eventually, the entire reason why Alex ended up going to the Bohemian Grove in California was because Ronson asked him to go. Ronson was yeah, like, hey, I'm thinking about, about going this to this before. thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That was so fun. Because that is a huge thing that Alex, for so much of his career, has pointed to as like one of his great moments. It's like, uh, well, John Ronson asked you if you wanted to go, and, and he just walked right in the front gate, and you like got lost in the woods and stumbled in the back way because you were too scared to just walk through the front. Yep. It's a great story. You should read them. It's a really fun book. I really enjoyed it. Um, but like I said, in the beginning of his show, Alex was much closer to the militia line and the rhetoric of that community than he is now. Uh, obviously, his idols like Bill Cooper were mainstays in the militia community. And that hasn't gone away. Alex still does have a strong connection with the militia movement, although the militia movement itself has changed a great deal uh, since back in the day. As you'll hear in this next clip from October 27th, 2020. Stuart Rhodes, thank you so much for coming on with us to, to, to cover the waterfront here. How would you describe the battle space we're in and what we're headed for right now? This is more Alex uh, Jones. Both mass gaslighting, like you were just talking about, but also mass projection. They're they're accusing us of doing everything that they're actually trying to do. Um, for example, you know you have terrorists in the streets, coercing Trump supporters, trying to stop them from getting into Trump rallies, beating them for even just walking around with, with a Trump t-shirt on. And of course, you expect them to do that on election day. And so, when those of us who are tasked with, with defending your rights. Uh, announce we're going to stand up and, and protect people on election day. They immediately spin that as though that we're the ones going to be going out there. You know, our militia men are going to be out on the streets on election day outside of polls to intimidate voters. And that's what that's what they're that's what they're going to do. They're going to be stealing the election while accusing Trump and his followers of stealing it. They'll be out there coercing and and, and uh, threatening people while accusing us of doing it. And let's be it. clear, these are all classic fascist and communist tactics on record with the <laughs> Classic fascist and communist tactics. I mean, they're really making a run at this country. How so, yeah. Stuart that, Rhodes. Hot damn. Thank you. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, Benedict. Yeah, classic communist and fascist tactics. Um, mm -hmm. I played that primarily because, obviously, Stuart Rhodes, I think many people have heard of now after he's been indicted for his role in trying to plan a coup on January 6th. Yep. Uh, by the way, if you've ever seen Stuart Rhodes, he has an eye patch, which kind of looks cool, right? It looks fucking cool because he was in the military and shit, you know, the sort of lore. He got that because he shot himself in the face on accident. He lost his eye. Right. Shooting himself in the face on accident. Like with so many of these right wing shitbags, their backstories are so less cool than they want you to think. They always are. Like Madison Cawthorn trying to mm -hmm. imply to everyone that he was injured in the military or something rather yep. than a car crash. Uh, mm -hmm. But, you know. Um, oh, how about this next one? <sighs> November 10th, 2020. Benedict, you may recall that is seven days after the 2020 election. Let's hear what happens on this one, which Stuart Rhodes sure. is so, again also I, and and it, the election had been called by then because I think it took like three or four days for the election I to be called. I believe you're right. I think it had. Been I think it was the week, then, yes. the weekend after the Tuesday. That, I I remember staying up super late every night that week, just waiting for something to happen, falling yeah. asleep on the couch uh, while my partner was asleep in my bed in the other room because I had the news on and I didn't want to miss it if it happened. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah. So this is seven days after the election. Let's see what happens to this one. Stuart Rhodes, you were coming on about the rallies and the caravan and the event sun Saturday that's important, but how big is it to have 
Brennan firing the bat signal saying, we're in deep trouble. He put a new sec def in. Oh, my God. Pompeo says, hey, Trump will be the next president. They're fraudulent. They've been gaslighting us. You, I mean, this is an insane time to be alive, Stuart Rhodes, because obviously they're trying to get everybody right now to turn over to the globalists. They're putting incredible pressure on people. You know Pompeo's had pressure put on him. He's a survivor. Uh, and, and so to have Pompeo still siding with Trump and being very confident is, is a big sign. What do you have to say? This, age, this is aged like milk. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he, he'd regret that one if he ever thought yeah. back about things he had said in the past. But he doesn't, ever. He denies that anything he ever said in the past was the words that came out of his mouth. I have to say, Stuart Rhodes, founder of Oath Keepers, Army veteran, former lawyer, you name it. Well, I think he's on the verge of doing what I've been calling on President Trump to do for at least six months, which is to classify all the dirty secrets and throw them out in the street. That's why it's <laughs> awesome to see Don Jr. saying that just the other day. Uh, he posted on Twitter. Yeah, because he watches every- your oh, shit. Oh, sorry, I should have agreed. It, it is always great to see to go back and remember the grifts these people were pulling in the moment, right? That whatever the the thing of the moment was that they just moved on from five minutes later. Well, he did declassify I, it all and then took it all to Mar-a-Lago and kept it there. <laughs> and that was the other thing I was going to say is, again, <laughs> aged like milk, didn't it? Yeah. It really did. You've been beating the drum for months. Weaponize this even before the election. Declassify it. Destroy Brennan as a foreign agent. Destroy Hunter. Destroy Biden now. And Trump knows it's his only move, and that's why they're now calling for a coup to remove Trump because he's finally moving towards victory. Continue. And that's how that's how you know he's over the target. He has to do it. Um, I think he needs to do that right now. He has full authority as commander in chief and the president. No one can stop him. Brennan realizes that. That's why they're panicking. And, and in the words of Emperor Palpatine, "Do it." He needs to do it. Okay. <laughs> Alex likes to quote the bad guys in Star Wars. Yeah. I don't also, know why, you but can, he so often does. To, to quote Nike, just do it. Like, why do you have, like, that's a better quote. Like, why are you not going an iconic, the bad guy? It's not an iconic Palpatine quote, do it. Ah, yes, nobody else in history has ever said that. Yeah, it's so weird, man. It's so so there's, a, there's other stuff that happens in there. Uh, they talk about, you know, Insurrection Act. Uh, Stuart Rhodes claims that he has people outside of D.C. ready to go in if the president calls on them. Bad look for him, given what happens a short time later. Probably going to be used in his upcoming criminal trial against him. You'd certainly hope so. I would really hope so, too. Uh, But Stuart Rhodes, by the way, began his career after leaving the military because of an injury that he got while being a a paratrooper. Working for Ron Paul, who is also... okay. Was it invading fucking... It's small Small island nations in the Caribbean. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? I wouldn't be surprised if he knows some of those people who were involved in that white supremacist plot to invade a small island nation in the Caribbean. Uh, Also, by the way, I finished that book and I think I never went back and talked about it uh, after I read it. Mm -hmm. The story is a bit more complicated than it seems on the purpose. Everyone involved who was going to go down there and do the coup was a white supremacist. Um, And they had, like, like, one of the guys... His brother asked him, like, well, what are you going to do? It's an island full of brown people. And he told his brother something like, yeah, it'll be like having my own personal slaves. But while they were white supremacists, it seems they were much more interested in just the money. Like, 
there was a possibility of getting a whole shitload of money from the government of the island if they put the the guy who had lost the election back in power. It's very interesting. Yeah, there's, should... th- there's a lot of money in corruption, as yeah, it turns yeah, out. Yeah, there is. Uh, you should go check out Bayou of Pigs. It's a great book. Uh, but, you know, so Ron Paul has been on the Alex Jones Show a number of times. But... Fuck those appearances. Let's go look at one of the many times Alex was such a Paul family bootlicker that he had Ron's brother Wayne on the show. Oh, wow. Okay. (laughs) From July 18th, 2011. By the way, TSA charges congressmen with violating federal law for exposing security breaches. See, the bureaucracy saying, we're coming after you, pal. Just like that whistleblower on NSA stealing money. They indicted his hind end. I mean, are you starting to get how, how dangerous this government is? But that's good. Let them start shoving. Congress might actually wake up and behave like patriots once they realize the tyranny. Wayne Paul is a CPA and brother of Representative Ron Paul. So, uh, okay. Wayne, of course, he's literally just in. in, in that's his qualifications in total. A that's CPA. It. Cool. CPA, right, awesome. brother of Ron Thanks Paul. So. And by the way, Benedict, yep. after you hear him talk, this man should not be a CPA. This man okay. should not be licensed in any state to tell anyone what to do with their taxes. Of course, appears in the Obama deception. It discusses the Social Security scam, the Federal Reserve, and how a country is bankrupt. He did that three years ago. We interviewed him three years ago, put the Obama deception out two years ago. And we are under emergency powers, and the Secretary of the Treasury is really in control of the country. And I want to get this guy who's been for close to 50 years on the front lines exposing the private federal reserve uh the family are all just great people now senator Rand paul another chip off the old block uh is uh doing a great job in the senate and uh they really are uh, the first family in liberty in this country and we can only salute them that's why COINTELPRO attacks them wayne it is so good to have you here with us my friend i'm glad to be here Wayne, uh, I want to get into the War Powers Act and the fact that we have been under martial law since 33, economic dictatorship since 1913, and we're now seeing the fruits of that. Uh, and we even saw Obama last week say, I'll just use war powers that, that, that were used by Lincoln, uh, or well, I guess it'd be um, after Lincoln was killed in Reconstruction, Ulysses S. Grant, against the Congress if they don't raise the debt ceiling. But before we go there, I tell you, the chickens are coming home to roost. Uh, you're in the Obama deception, breaking down uh, hyperinflation and what would happen under the banker takeover. So toot your horn, talk about that, and then let's get into who really runs this country. That's a lot. Who is it, Alex? That's yeah, it a, a lot, lot, isn't it? That is so much. And I don't have time to go over all the bullshit in that, obviously. But, you know, he's dropping dates there, 1913, 1930, right? We've gone over things like, you know, uh, in our None Dare Call It Conspiracy Review... Mm-hmm. Uh, the the Federal Reserve and the yep. income tax. You, we know what he's talking about there. We know why that's he's all on, dropping on the dates. Patreon, by uh, the way. The, if you the, uh, if you want to know yeah, about these the gold things. standard stuff, all that sort of stuff, we know what he's getting at. And make no mistake, Wayne Paul is a sovereign citizen weirdo. Oh, of well, course he is. The, the the people you and I know of every day that listen to your radio show and exist uh, on a daily basis have recognized and understand much more today about the Federal Reserve and the loss of the Is this man literally at death's door? You know, I didn't bother to check to see if he had died, but he was yeah. not a young man in 2011. He does not sound good. <laughs> Hold yeah. on, I have to Google it right now and find out if, if he died. Because, 
He does sound like he'd be dead by now, doesn't he? It sounds like he's he's called in from his nursing home, is all I will say. Yeah, hold on. So, uh, ooh, nope, that is someone accused of sexually assaulting girls, although he is a libertarian. No. Um, Wayne Paul, I'm not finding him on Facebook or anything. I don't know. I don't know if he's still alive. I'm sure you will Google it while I am uh, playing the rest of this clip and find I will, out for yeah. us. I will figure it out. Than ever in the history of my life, fascinating and interesting to see how many people are now aware of things and all of a sudden people will come up to me and says you know your brother may have been right isn't that amazing so yes it it's a major problem and people daily lose their homes people daily are looking for work Yet we have it have a an administration and a Congress that doesn't seem to want to help. Well, their consolidation is going well, Wayne. Um, let's get into the Federal Reserve, what it really is, and the fact that we've been under administrative uh, receivership for a very long time. Let's cut right to the chase for people and and and, and break down the emergency powers, and the Secretary of the Treasury, uh, and what's really going on? Well, as you know, the Federal Reserve Act was passed in 1913, around Christmas time, and there were three people on the floor of the House that passed the Federal Reserve Act. So that is a classic uh, anti-Fed line that we hear. I don't remember if yeah. that came up in our review, uh, but no. that there were only three people who passed the Federal Reserve Act is a line that I'll always say, and it's just not true. Uh, you can actually go back and look at the voting record, and it was not just three people who passed the Federal Reserve Act. Classic. That allowed the United States government to turn over all their money to the Federal Reserve, and in return, the Federal Reserve says, we'll, give you, we'll loan you all the money you need. And that's the way it's been in operation. In 1933... Roosevelt declared the United States bankrupt. They no longer had any more money coming in than was going out, so they were bankrupt, and the Federal Reserve says, well, wait a minute. What else are you going to pledge as collateral on the debt? And guess what we had by 1930, or, yeah, 1936? Social Security. It's called Social Security. And Alex guessed. He really, he really ruined Paul Wayne's point there. He's getting a little... I mean, I think he has Wayne Mon a lot. I have heard Wayne on the show a bunch of times, and I found an account on YouTube that is just like an... I think someone who's a huge fan of Alex Jones who was posting a bunch of clips, uh, and, and there's a bunch of Wayne Paul appearances in his archive there on YouTube, uh, and, and they're all like this. Alex... Loves to have him on because he related to Ron, but he has to hurry him along because time is money, baby. Yep. Under the disguise of saying, we're going to create a fund for your retirement so that you can supplement that. But the truth of the matter it is, was a mechanism to control the collateral that the Federal Reserve wanted, which is you and I and our ability to earn a living. Okay. Can that. we skip through the rest of this clip? Well, we're, we're done boring. with that clip there. But that, I wanted to get to that part because that is classic sovereign citizen stuff. 
yeah, that yeah. your social security number is a number that identifies you as collateral to the, you know, bankers, Lions. shall we say. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's always Jews. It always means the Jews. Come on. They're a bunch of fucking anti-Semites. Um, mm-hmm. But that is classic, classic stuff right there. Um, so, you know, and, and that's the, the Paul family is far from the only celebrities that Alex has managed to meet and leverage throughout his career, right? He uh, People like Mike Judge, Joe Rogan, Ted Nugent, uh, Jesse Ventura, who is also a weirdo, but I will say to his credit, is always willing to call Alex on his shit, and since Alex is such a star fucker, he really can't argue back on anything. Uh, Jesse Ventura might be the weirdest politician. Oh, he fucking is. Like, weirdest mainstream politician, like like national level or like... I mean, he was governor of Minnesota, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. Um... Yeah, just a wild person. <laughs> he, he, we're gonna have to talk about him someday. He is a fucking, yeah, he's a fucking maniac. Uh, but you know, Alex, I think, is recognized throughout his career, and I think this is something that became more prescient in the 2010s. That the wider right wing media, starting with Glenn Beck, was picking up on his shtick, which he says mm-hmm. in this next clip to a gentleman by the name of Andrew Napolitano, who you may have heard of. Who is a regular Fox News guest and former As judge? In judge Judge Napolitano. Yes, Judge yeah. Napolitano, that guy, on the Alex Jones show. Are you influenced? Uh, Nap- Napolitano is a 9/11 truther, by the way. Just so, oh, awesome. so you know why he cool. might be appearing on the Alex Jones show, or was. I don't know where he stands on it now. He was a 9/11 truther at some point. Influencing Glenn because he is getting more and more hardcore. Uh, last night, we played a clip earlier in the show. He talked about the Fabian Socialists wanting to poison the water supply. And- I, I don't want to take credit for influencing him. I will tell you this. We spend a lot of time together. We do a lot of speaking gigs together. When you travel with Glenn, you travel first class. So we're in a small private jet, and we do a lot of talking. He has told me that I have changed his mind on two issues. One is the Patriot Act. And the other is the morality, lawfulness, and constitutionality, or lack thereof, of torture. So I will only take credit for those two areas, which are profound. Um, uh, I did not hear what he said about uh, the Fabian Socialists, and I didn't hear what he said about poisoning the water supply until you told me, because I was on another show last night when he said that. Uh, but I'm, I'm not surprised that he said it. I'm happy that he's issuing those warnings. And Alex, those warnings are resonating with people. You've been saying this for years. Now he's saying it between the two of you. That is a monstrous audience hearing these things. Well, every day for two years, I have shown the quotes from EcoScience where Holdren said reduce population of planetary tyranny to do it, uh, you know, force sterilization through the water. Beck quoted EcoScience word for word last night. He played uh, George Bernard Shaw. For reference, uh, EcoScience is a textbook uh, written in part by John P. Holdren that Alex likes to bring up okay. a lot because it's a book that, like, it talked about population control methods and like you know Uh various things like it pointed out that as education levels increase generally uh the level the birth rate decreases and it also discusses things like possible future methods if technology were able like you know using chemicals to reduce birth rates and things and doesn't talk i believe i remember hearing something about it's not in favor of those things it just no. says that these are potential scientific options, but that the morality of these issues would be heavily in question if these were to actually be used. Yeah. 
Uh, I mean, literally, it, it's it's and, I, you know, I've been critical of Beck on torture and and the police state and things he supported. But I mean, sorry, but, hold, it, OK, it, Beck was pro torture. Is that what we're saying? And yes, Alex was anti torture. Yes, yes. Okay, and okay. if Beck was anti torture, it was for like five minutes because I'm pretty okay. sure he's still pro torture today. He's gone back to that. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, it shows. Or one he just thing. doesn't think it's torture. the mood of the country has changed. If Judge Andrew Napolitano has the number one show on Fox Business and is getting a primetime show weekdays, and Glenn Beck is now able to go on the air and talk about things that 15 years ago I was called a lunatic for when all I was doing was reading their own statements. And that's true. Uh, Glenn Beck uh, was going on air and saying things that Alex had been The second part isn't true. Oh, they're, they're, the second part. The, <laughs> the part where he's just reading their own statements. Yeah, that part's not yeah, true. Yeah, that is not uh, true. But he was. Glenn Beck absolutely was taking Alex Jones' ideas and putting them into the mainstream. Yeah, we talked about that when we Yeah, we did. And along with all that fame and fortune that Alex has achieved, of course, uh, he has um, abandoned all pretense of principle, including to the one man he probably spent sure. more time promoting than anyone else, Ron Paul. Here's a video from cool. Steven Crowder. Uh, he put out, I think, about five days ago, titled, Why Alex and I Are No Longer Libertarian. There's no longer a dividing line between corporations, a free market, which I support. These are effectively thug arms of the government, and libertarianism cannot stand up in the face of that. I 100 what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> Who the fuck knows? That makes no fucking sense. Uh, I, okay. Crowder's thug a fucking idiot. I mean, he's a fucking idiot. Yeah. Percent agree with you. In fact, I'm no longer even a little L libertarian. I'm anti-libertarian. Thirty years ago, when I was first starting to get on air, 25 years ago, Republicans were pretty bad news. Wanted to censor everybody. Had a lot of problems. Right. The left hadn't turned into this pro-pedophile Satan worship cancer. It is completely okay. yet. You just hit the trifecta. Go on. So so. Wow. Okay. <laughs> that. <laughs> but we're not allowed to call them fascists. Yeah. Yeah, like, man. Uh, yeah. You know. People who, who, I mean, he hit the trifecta of dehumanizing your enemies right there. He really yep. did. <laughs> That's it. Yep. Cool. All right. So I thought, well, libertarians want to leave people alone socially, but they want a smaller government. They must be good. But it was big think tanks and big money funding libertarians. So conservatives would always think of corporations as perfect. Uh, and and as government is Why bad, would you ever instead think of a corporation is perfect, fucking idiot. And well, and, and also Sorry, Alex man. never was in favor of leaving people. The whole time he pretended to be a libertarian, he was shit talking on you know basic drug use, marijuana. He was shit talking on gay people, all that sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, there was a quote I didn't put in the episode today where he's basically like, uh, you know, I'm 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 all for. Uh, uh, people being able to marry whoever you want, but when you look at what they're doing and trying to push it on us, then it's just blah, blah, blah. It's just... The classics. Yeah, trying the classics. to say the libertarian line and then come up with an excuse why to not actually support the things that a libertarian, a sincere libertarian, would support. <clears throat> so anyways, um, of course, you know, the, the, the opposition to police action and weaponizing the government only applies to you, not your enemies. If you listen to him now... You will hear him continually talking about things he wants the government to do to his personal enemies. Uh, you know, raiding Google and all this sort of shit. He wants all the Antifas uh, arrested and thrown in prison and for being in the streets and blah, blah, blah. All that bullshit. Mm -hmm. um, all the while maintaining the same enemies, of course, uh, the globalists, as we hear in this next yeah, clip. Yeah, of course. Yeah, here's, I mean, there's hours of this online. There's so much cussing, I can't play it. Here's a little bit of audio of me, like, 18 years ago. <laughs> yeah, that's the fucking the problem. KKK. Well, he is on the radio, 
Uh, I so know. he does have some censorship he has to abide by. Who? There's no big crowd of Antifa there supporting me and then threatening to kill me, everything else. Because, And it later came out that they were federal agents, like I said. It wasn't even real. I mean, quite frankly, I've been to these events. By the way, Alex is, is standing in a crowd with a bullhorn. Uh, he just said there are no other people there with him protesting the KKK. There, there yeah, it sounds like there are. of other people yeah. besides Alex. Well, there was no, no Antifa because they're pro-KKK. Right, and this was like so. 1998 or something. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't a big Antifa presence. Yeah, there wasn't a huge black bloc movement going on around 1998. Yeah. A lot of the KKK guys with their hats off look like they're from the cast of Seinfeld. Literally, they're just Jewish actors. Oh, did I say globalists? I I meant Jews. That's what he's that's who his enemies are. Yeah. Was I a little too subtle with what I with the Seinfeld reference there? Let me say this. Let me say it out loud. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me say it with my chest. Let me let me finish the clip. Let's hear the rest of it. Jews in general, the left is Jews. They want to, you know, create this clash and they go dress up as Nazis. That footage in Austin, we're gonna find it somewhere here at the office where it literally looks like the cast of Seinfeld or like Howard Stern in a Nazi outfit. They all look like Howard Stern. Uh, they've almost got a little curly hair down, and they're just up there highlighting oh Hitler. God. You can tell they're totally uncomfortable, they're totally scared, and it's all just meant to create the clash. So yeah, Benedict. Yeah, it's actually the Jews who are doing the anti-Semitism, according to Alex. Yep, that's good. And that's okay. a long-standing theme of his. Uh, he well, has it, to be. I, it's it's the anti-blackism, presumably he's accusing them of, rather than anti-Semitism. Oh no, 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 he he accuses them of literally cr- pretending to be neo-Nazis to oh, okay. get sympathy. He has long said that uh, the Aryan Nations compound um, and the uh, um, uh, Michigan Militia and all these anti-Semitic mm-hmm. groups, uh, that they are run by the ADL and the Southern Poverty awesome. Law Center. That they're oh, yeah. who are doing right. them. That's, that's, that's literally one of the strains of his conspiracies. Uh, nice. Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah, and there's obviously the racism, of course. Uh, like this next clip. Okay, here's the deal. Uh, next segment and the next hour, we've got information so bombshell that it's like everything else here is bombshell. It gives me a headache because I don't even feel like we I properly build this stuff up. We have the total proof of Hillary, absolute Russian collusion, hiding in plain view. It was even in Politico last year, but now we have the rest of the eyewitness report from the credible witnesses. Exclusive audio coming up with Lee Stranahan. <laughs> and he'll stagger in with Roger, who's obviously a target of all this. And as an expert, talk about it from the inside yep, yep. into the next hour. And then Kalen Robertson, I'm going to tape an interview with him about Tommy Robinson and all he's been through. We're trying to get him on Thursday. Mm, all Tommy Robinson has been through. All that man has yeah, been yeah. through. See, he's had a tough time. Yes, he has, being a white supremacist. With some of his first interviews here, a political prisoner. So we're going to have a special tape interview that's going to be on InfoWars.com, if not today, tomorrow. But Kalen, you got cut off. There's so much breaking news here. Just recapping what Tommy's been through, what's happening in the UK, the danger. But then, you've you've been to Australia, you've been to South Africa, you've been all over. Uh, they're now the UK government. Others are saying, take the whites farmers, kill them. And it's like I'm I'm an anti-white supremacist guy. But then you sit there and you see the left organizing all these other minority groups who are a majority worldwide. Ninety percent of the world's not white. That whites are inherently evil, and need to be killed. Five other African countries have wiped out all the white farmers and then collapsed back into the jungle. It's just what happened. Now they're trying, I mean, I saw them saying to Australia that... Yeah, once they wipe out the white farmers, they collapse back into the jungle. Not a good oh. quote. Not a good no. quote. And it continues being bad. The uh, the ANC president a month ago 
don't let whites flee. They have to stay here, but we're going to kill you. He says, we're going to slit your throat. These are the quotes. Uh, we're going to take your property. That's the defense minister right there. And it's like Hitler speeches. But Hitler didn't say we're going to kill you. He did it secretly and was wrong. This guy is saying this, and it's just the craziest stuff on Earth. And most of these ANC folks aren't even Zulu that were actually in South Africa, as you know. You've been there. I've read history books on it. The Zulu were... He has not read history books on no, South Africa. That. If he's okay, read so anything was, on South Africa, this it was, was a this was a big yeah. It was written by um, the pro apartheid side. Yeah, exactly. This was a big talking point like three years ago. Well, this Fox, is I this is from well. August of 2018. This clip. So this is yeah, about but, that time. But that's what I'm saying. Like this made it to Fox as well. Yeah, it did. It did. Like Fox were talking about the same stuff. Mm -hmm. We're uh, no, uh, you know nomadic, very tough, very nightlike, very you know cool. Sorry. But it was kind of a wasteland compared to other areas of Africa. The Dutch came in 400 years ago, made it green. Then there was huge African migration into the area because there was cities and towns and prosperity. So they got Sorry, it. How did how did the Dutch He's make it? He's talking about green. how the Dutch made Africa great. He's talking oh, about he made it great. Okay, so he said green. Okay, okay. Green. Okay. He said green, but he did mean great. He did mean great. Okay, okay. We're being honest that have been there 400 years are bad and so because they're white they deserve to have their land taken and killed when most of them are poor is well I, i'm ranting uh, i mean just 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 the whole gestalt so what we need is a oh, class-based analysis <laughs> rhetoric isn't just in uh, south africa it's not just in the political chambers of there it's happening in australia it's happening in the uk it's happening everywhere this kind of creeping anti-white racism you see it with tweets with um uh, this is a guy named colin robertson but colin is spelled okay. weird uh i'm not sure where he's from exactly but uh i, I don't know i guess British based on that accent? Sounds British, yeah. It's... Political people in America, you see it tweets and political people in the UK. Kill all whites, so they verified accounts, they get away with it. But what happens is in South Africa, the only reason that's different is because it's 30, 40 years ahead where those people are running the country. Um, it's super, super scary seeing it on the ground. We actually interviewed um, some of the top members of the uh, Black First Land First group, which say that they want to kill all white journalists and they want to uh, confiscate white land using the army and the force and they want to... Uh, uh, make, South, make South Africa black again. We interviewed the, the... By the way, Alex is putting up on the screen Ben Garrison cartoons <laughs> where one is like a hammer and sickle cool. cutting wheat and the arm holding it is the ANC. Good the stuff. So this, this Colin um, Robertson uh, bloke, uh -huh. apparently uh, there's, a, there's a New York Times splash. Um, he's left the right apparently and has done a lot of like oh, interviews. Oh, I just remembered who he is now. He is yeah. the guy who did Lauren Southern's documentaries. Yeah, he did Rebel News. Yeah, yep. yeah, he did all Rebel yep. News. Yep. Yeah, yeah. That, I just remember who he is now. I and he's now, he now he's now a counter extremism advisor. Yeah, so and that's he wrote. Cool, I guess I remember uh, he was writing or, or giving interviews about how Lauren Southern, when the, she, I believe she did a documentary in South Africa where they went and interviewed some of these white farm owners, how they just lied about and distorted the footage to get what they wanted, to get the message that they wanted. Awesome. Yep. Right. And she didn't know who Lauren Southern was, but she was very, very honest about what she wanted to do with that country. Her views, she said every single place she went up and down the whole of South Africa were accepted. Everywhere she went, everybody embraced her views to violently remove white people. And that is basically the symptom of a country that has Marxism pushed on it, far left ideologies pushed on it. And then this kind of victimhood where they need, you know, Marxism and, and, and communism need someone to blame everything. Liberation theology. Which is why they want to keep the whites in South Africa. Because if they leave, they'll go, oh my God, there's no one else to blame. And then, well, then that is going to happen. They're going to start blaming each other. They're going to start separating inter-black tribal groups. And then basically the whole of South Africa will just revert 
back to tribal warfare. Uh, you know, it, it's really hard for me to forgive him, even though I know that he's now come out on the other side, when I hear him saying this insanely racist Yeah, propaganda. it is utterly insane. It's yeah. hard no, to You should be held for accountable for the, the bullshit that you he have. Sh- he should, and it's the same way that I have to treat myself about my own racist bullshit in the past, uh, yeah. where I, I haven't forgiven myself for that. I spend... You know, my day is trying to make up for it in some way. <laughs> that, mm-hmm. This is some racist shit. This is some fucking racist shit. And Alex is sitting yeah, there egging not, it on. This is not good. We got a little bit more to go on this clip. Okay. Uh, and that's happened in five other countries where the ex- this is a Zimbabweification. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, so many people in South Africa told us that it's turning into Zimbabwe. Actually, our black hotel security guard told me that uh, South Africa was better under apartheid and that it was turning into... And again, we're not defending it. You replace one evil that's that's kind of an old centralized system with a true evil system uh, oh yes. yeah, yeah i mean an there, old it, centralized system that's that's the best way to describe apartheid yep is a massive storm and cloud of evil over south africa it's sweeping the west but it's going to be catastrophic for the people there it was so heartbreaking interviewing all the families who had been affected by this who have had their daughters raped Jesus mutilated Christ. murdered you know i interviewed the woman who said that she had to clean the skin from the rim of the bath from the 12 year old boy that was boiled alive in one of the house robberies and it's so people are so desensitized to it now there because they see it in every single part of life it's it's because we're taught only white people can be racist or be barbarous that's totally not true i mean in south africa and africa the more barbarous the better that's how you extract the power that's how you do it and if you're an albino they torture you and eat you even if you're african I mean, and it's and okay. Christianity tried to fix it. Notice the Chicoms come in. They build a fence and give no one anything. They just extract everything. The West brought medicine and railroads and everything. Oh, yeah, they did. But don't worry. It's all leaving now. Oh, well, no. Well, well wherever whites colonized, uh, you will have other cultures go to it and embrace all the greatness of it. And then as soon as the whites are persecuted, they leave. Everybody follows them for wherever they go next. But th- this kind of evil has existed for hundreds and thousands of years across the, across the world. But the only thing that's so annoying about it now is the selective outrage by it. Nobody seems to care. Uh, but at the time the, of the Romans, I mean, when they would march into Germany and places, people were boiling people alive and killing, and it was barbarous as well. I think it was Christianity, I think, is what the West had to offer that was special. So, okay. <laughs> that, okay. that entire five minutes we just played would be right at home on the Daily Stormer podcast. Yeah, the the, uh, the 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 non-Christian Romans entering Germany with Christianity in their hearts is is a is a highlight. Yeah, the end there. he's not saying anything <sighs> that Jeez. is not just mainstream white supremacy. That's all yep. it is. That's really all it is. Um, yeah. Yep. There's another one that I wasn't able to get audio from. You know, Alex Jones' YouTube channel was taken down, and a lot of stuff was lost because he apparently didn't have any efforts to retain his own stuff within his company uh but uh, tracks from a transcript of a march 1st 2018 show he said can this be the last one i really don't think i can do any more of this this is really (laughs) we we don't have any more clips we don't have any more clips we're done on the last one uh he said quote rhodesia then zimbabwe all these other places the congo first they nationalize then they make the whites keep working on the land then they kill them then everything collapses then they have multi-billion famous inflation why is Africa so corrupt once the evil colonists are kicked out? Then you because should have Because we keep Wakanda. killing the freedom fighters. <laughs> That's why Luamba... Oh, for fuck's sake. <coughs> then you should have Wakanda. It should be like spaceships and the vibranium and everything, which would be oh, great. There's no fucking vibranium, dickhead. <laughs> because vibranium doesn't exist. Uh, yeah. I love Africa. It's a beautiful country. I mean continent. 
A lot of beautiful countries want them to do well, fellow humans. But this thing about get the whites out that brought the civilization, why does it then recede back into total barbarism? Everyone's starving, but the president's son has a hundred Lamborghinis. And that because is, the people who actually win the elections and fight for decolonization end up getting murdered by the CIA like yeah, Lumumba yeah. in fucking... Yeah, that happens. That Democratic happens. Republic of the Congo and all of the Frelimo fighters in Angola, in Mozambique, mm. rather. And fucking... Oh, my It's an incredibly God. small sample of the racism, of course. And it was just Africa-centric yeah. racism. Because that that's what was cool, easier yeah. for I me mean, to search there are, for. There are all, all sorts, I'm he sure. He was nightmarishly awful during the uh, George Floyd uh, protests. Oh, I can't, I'm glad we don't he, have any clips he, of There's that. some awful uh, Trayvon Martin stuff from back in the day that he yep. said. That he's tracks. just, because, you know, obviously, his anti-police shtick is just when it's aimed at him and people who he yeah. can yeah, yeah. recognize as the human. rebel with the cause, yeah, right. yeah. Uh, but, you know, obviously the book we're doing, it's The Great Reset. So, mm-hmm. so what is The Great Reset? Right, we need to know what that is. Um, and it's, it's a, the World Economic Forum thing, right? That's yeah. where it comes it, it, from. Well, it's a new name for the same thing Alex has been screaming about for decades. Globalist elites implementing a police state, murdering people, taking guns, yada, 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 right? Before the Great Reset, he would yell about Operation Lockstep. Then there was mm-hmm. Jade Helm. There was the transhumanist agenda. There was the Soros New World Order. There was Agenda 21. Then there was Agenda 2030. All of those have uh, uh, at least as much grounding in reality that something existed that had that name. But Mm. the version of that thing to Alex Jones becomes the completely indescribable conspiracy that encapsulates anything he wants to throw at it. Yeah. And I might have lied to you. We have one more clip to play before. Oh, no, for fuck's sake. Okay, the last one. Let's hear about Alex Jones in his own words about what the Great Reset is. And uh, spoiler alert, it's about him. It's always about him. Okay. They say, oh, we're just going to overwrite the whole planet. We'll build hundreds of planets that we want. We're going to just be gods. So so they tell the underlings, oh, we're going to kill everybody for the Earth. Yes, but you'll be allowed to survive. We're only going to kill 50%. Well, it's actually 80 well, it's actually 95. And then we just sit here, oh, Alex, cover the election fraud. Oh, Alex, cover, you know, this or that. It's all this operation. Brave New World is chemically sterilizing little boys. They wrote the book in. He doesn't know what year Brave New World came out. <laughs> oh, okay. No, I mean, it, no. I mean, he's, you grasping, know that he's grasping for the year that Brave New World I thought your World internet had cut out as well. <laughs> 1932 it's published okay and the author that's not when brave new world was published by the way uh brave new world yeah it is i thought it was 1956 did i have the wrong no no okay well 1932 is when it's published. okay whose brother ran the un program on eugenics was the head of the world eugenics society and founded transhumanism said this is our plan for you george arwell is a lightweight there won't we won't need police in the future it won't be a boot stopping on the head forever because you're going to be chemically altered and genetically altered from birth to be a corporate product and you will love your slavery from the f- so that that is from a video posted uh it's the, actually the full alex jones show um but that's okay. like because it was posted afterwards that's like a piece they cut out from the middle of it uh for the very intro from uh, december 2nd 2020 and that show cool. is titled the Great Reset's endgame is total extermination of all humans on Earth. 
M dash full show twelve two twenty two. Why would why would anyone want that? You know that is a question he never bothers to answer. No. <laughs> it's like so. There are versions of it, right? That this is out there, and Alex is really just folding in stuff he's had in the past into a new name, right? He still has the same meta conspiracy, but every couple of years, uh, the word he yells about about what that conspiracy is changes. changes, right? I mentioned Agenda Twenty One. Uh, when none of that ended up being any of his conspiracy stuff that he would yell about. It was Agenda 2030, which was the next um, uh, UN, you know, like, program to, to do humanitarian shit. Um, there's Jade Helm. There's the, the New World Order. All this stuff. Operation Lockstep. It's just him slapping a new label on the same stuff he would yell about for a long time because... You know, it folds in a lot of his stuff. Vaccines kill you. Vaccines mm-hmm. cause autism. It's about reducing population. Uh, they worship the world. Yeah. They worship the climate. They want to kill all people because they it's think it's It's also easy Earth. to fold conspiracies into any of it. Like, yeah. it, basically, any anything that's about, like, greater human survival, it's very easy to fold conspiracies into it. Yeah, so, in reality... The Great Reset is a conspiracy theory that popped up during mm-hmm. the COVID pandemic, specifically in the spring of 2020. Uh, and mm-hmm. it's one of the more popular names for the current meta-conspiracy, right? We've heard Tucker Carlson saying Great Reset on his show and bringing on conspiracy theorists who are all about it. Well, I think, I mean, it's it's genuinely a, a World Economic Forum thing, right? It's like a, it's their plan. seconds to go through well, the next you... paragraph. Uh, <laughs> you are correct. Uh, the yes. name comes from the title of the Davos conference from the year 2020, which was indeed titled The Great Reset, which was basically the same sort of neoliberal programs they'd been pushing for a long time, improving environmental stewardship by corporations, reducing global inequality. But in the context that the COVID pandemic had caused a great disruption to society and that presented opportunities as the world returned to normal. Like that's that's what it really was. Um, Mm -hmm. And Alex Jones was an early adopter of the Great Reset as a conspiracy name. And my theory is that it's almost entirely because Klaus Schwab, the head of the World Economic Forum, has a menacing-sounding European accent that sounds like a villain. Oh, so the Great Reset. Yes, yes. I seriously think if he didn't have that accent, this would not be as popular of a conspiracy theory as it is. That makes sense. Um, Right, well, looking forward to the book, uh then. In October 2020, uh, a crazy Catholic archbishop named Carlo Maria Vigano wrote a letter to Trump that said, quote, A global plan called the Great Reset is underway. Its architect is a global elite that wants to subdue all of humanity, imposing coercive measures with which to drastically limit individual freedoms and those of entire populations. In several nations, this plan has already been approved and financed. In others, it is still in an early stage. Behind the world leaders who are the accomplices and executors of this infernal project, there are unscrupulous characters who finance the World Economic Forum and Event 201, promoting their agenda. And something we go back to a lot is none of that makes sense. Why would anyone want that? No. <laughs> and I think it goes to a core element of right-wing thought that we've talked about before, which is that they portray their enemies as caring solely about power. Because yeah. that's the only thing that makes these conspiracies make sense. Mm-hmm. Because why would why would anyone want to limit individual freedoms? 
Why would anyone want to do that? That doesn't make sense. Yeah. Why would these, no. especially these rich people who enjoy the best things in life? The most of that, yeah. Why would they want to limit? It doesn't make sense unless they want power. They want control. Mm-hmm. That's the only way that these conspiracies make sense. Why would they want to kill off the world population? Because they want the power, Benedict. To do so, yeah. That's it. Okay. All right. That's what it comes wow. down to. Look forward to that in two weeks, folks. <laughs> well, that was actually where I was going to end the show for today. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, there you go. So regardless of uh, whatever the particular flavor of your Great Reset conspiracy theory, we are going to read all about it in Alex's book, The Great Reset. Uh, Benedict, would you like a palate cleanser? Uh, if it's just the Jordan Peterson clip, then yes. It's Otherwise, not, I have to go. But it's a fun palate cleanser. How about this? Okay. Let's just hear Alex Jones going off on a crazy rant about Adam Schiff. Can we just fade it out as the show <laughs> dies? Like, can that be the end of the show? I think that would be good. <laughs> you know what? I might do, do that. Do the patron, do the patron do now and then do that fade out to end the show. Let's hear what he has to say. No, it's unbelievable. What we're hearing from the Democrats, both in the House and Senate, is red baiting. That's on drugs. Uh, uh, uh. Oh, oh, by the way, Alex is super drunk during this broadcast. Awesome. He is fucking wasted during this broadcast. And he's talking with Alex Jones and like stuff that had come up about, you know, Russia and stuff. That's what's going on. Cool. With who? He is well Alex Jones. With uh, Roger Stone. Roger Stone. Okay. Of recklessness, uh, whether it is Adam Schiff who has maligned me or whether it is Senator Mark Warner, or whether it is Senator John McCain. But let me tell you something, Alex. These guys are pussies. They talk a tough game. They're, we're gonna we're gonna get Roger Stone in front of the committee, gentlemen, ladies. I am ready. I am more than ready. Like, let me say this right now. Let me tell. Mind. I'm not against gay people. Okay? okay, I love them. They're great folks. But Schiff looks like the archetype, archetypal cocksucker with those Archetype. little deer in the headlight eyes and all his stuff. And there's something about this fairy hopping around, bossing everybody around, trying to intimidate. Alex is sweating madly, by the way. Surely He's he so fucked up. People like me and you, I want to tell Congressman Schiff and all the rest of them, hey, listen, asshole, quit saying Roger and I, and I, I, I never used cussing in 22 years, but uh, the gloves are off. Listen, you son of a bitch. What the fuck's your problem? You want to sit here and say that I'm a goddamn fucking Russian? You get in my face with that, I'll beat your goddamn ass, you son of a bitch. You piece (laughs) of shit. You fucking goddamn fucker. You fucking goddamn fucker. (laughs) That's it. We can't improve on that. Clip that. Yep, there's going to be a new clip. There's going to be a new clip for the show. Awesome. Fuckhead, you have fucking crossed the line. Get that through your goddamn fucking head. Stop pushing your shit. You're the people that okay. have fucked this country this is over. Not a man who does not, who is not well practiced in swearing. Nope. Your mouth off, claiming I'm the enemy. You got that, you goddamn son of a bitch? Fill your hand. I'm sorry, but I'm done. You start calling me a foreign agent. Those are fucking fighting words. Excuse me. Yeah, right. I don't think I'm- Excuse Talk. me, Benedict. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> I think that's a delightful way to end the show for the day. Uh, perfect. <laughs> I promised Perfect. you a palate cleanser, and I think I delivered. There you go. That is it. Yeah. <laughs> Beautiful. But thank you all for listening. We hope you enjoyed this. Fuck you, you fucking fucking <laughs> human you, you motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> if you just can't get enough of us, <laughs> you can go over to patreon.com forward slash fuck you, you fucking fucker. 
Uh, NYGBC, become a patron for as little as $1 an episode for patron-only episodes, shout-outs on the show, early releases of episodes, and more. As always, we have to give a shout-out to our wonderful and amazing patrons, a baby. Veronica Forker. I feel like I need to do a boop, 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 something like no, that after don't. a baby. I a, if I keep doing this with patrons, I'm going to I'm gonna have a whole list of them I have to remember. Polly Hauptman, yep. Melissa C., J.D., George Saulnier, Tinker's Dam, Janet Yutter, Stefan, Shannon Haleman, Utah Outcasts, Brent Lee, Dave Barwick, Chris Palmer, Bad Bible Stitches, Mockingbird Nation, McCraw, Benjamin Carlisle, Dexter, Allison, Megan Ruth, Glowrung the Deceiver, Big Easy Blasphemy, Stephen and Cindy Dimmick, A.J. Brantley, Taru Takanan, and Balls Waterson. Thank you all, as always, for being our patrons. That's it for this week's show. Till next time, fuck you, you fucking fucker. Goodbye. Goodbye. Club Podcast is a production of Kevin and Benedict Productions. Copyright 2020. All rights reserved. Music for this podcast is by Silverman Sound Studios. Find out more at silvermansound.com.